Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. I know we've said this before, but this is our favorite episode so far. Join us as we discuss buying and selling horses, identifying belief systems around codependency, the importance of staying curious in training and connection, how to develop a connection with a new horse, and so much more. Cheers, friends. You're going to want to sit down for this one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are on episode 14, I think, which is like super crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you missed last episode, we talked about our dogs, the whole chaotic process that we've had to go through to get our dogs back into balance and ourselves into balance. And we might have a few more dog episodes in the future. We'll see. Um, today, we're talking about horses, though. Big surprise. Um, and we had someone request an episode on how to deeper connect with a horse that just doesn't want to connect with you, like what that looks like. And it's interesting because, um, I was playing with my horse Biggie the other day. This just came to me. Sorry, random story. Um, I was playing with my horse Biggie yesterday and he's like, of course, obsessed with the grass right now because we're in April and the grasses are now coming back to life. And I had him in the arena and, um, he was engaging with me a little bit, um, through like some of the positive reinforcement stuff I was doing, but then he left me and he like started spending time on the grass. And I was like, okay, like that's totally fine. He, he and I have this agreement because he was completely starved and like, like legitimately like a zero, like falling over super bad. And so I have acknowledged that about his past and anytime he wants to dive for food or whatever, I allow him to do it. And I'm like, I will never keep you away from food. And so when I first got him, I used to be like, even, I guess, even just like a couple of months ago, I would get almost like a little bit disheartened when he would leave the connection. Like, I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing that is like so boring to him? You know, like here we were just like running around and cantering circles together. And now he's like, all right, cool. See you later. Like he totally (laughs) is like leaving the connection. And I'm like, what am I doing to do that? And so yesterday I just like saw him going over to the grass and I just took the opportunity to like sit there and just be in so much gratitude that like he has the ability to eat grass now and I can offer that to him and like he's healthy and I was just like you know what I'll never take you off of grass and like if this was the opportunity like this was the time that you could give me like I'm so grateful for that like it's super cool and I swear like as soon as I finished that he walked right over to me and we had like this 30 minute session where he stood at liberty at the mounting block and I was just rubbing my body all over him and he's got like major mounting anxiety um And he stayed connected with me at Liberty with grass in front of him the entire time. And I just feel like sometimes that connection comes from just like not needing the connection, you know, like reminding yourself, like I should be able to be okay with them walking away and know that it has nothing to do with me. Like he's just going to get the grass. And when I needed him, like all these last couple of months when I'm like, please love me. 
Um, he was like, no, I love this grass more. Like, I don't want your needy energy. And then yesterday I just like surrendered to it and was like, all right, I'm just going to like sit here in gratitude. And he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like that's way better energy. (laughs) I'll come back to that. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so a thing though, right? It's in anything. It's like the, the moment you give your power away to an outside circumstance or situation or person or animal or you completely bring in the resistance and it's super funny because I have a story that reminded me of the fact that the same horse that I tell the story I'm I'm sure at some point I've already told the story where I was oh yeah the Carrie Lynn Carrie Lake clinic where I said sometimes I can't catch my horse so it's the same horse Marty my little teacher and we had someone come in and do a working equitation clinic for some of the boarders. And I was like, fine, like, okay, I'm going to join, even though I literally have rode my horse, like maybe twice in the last like three months, I was like, it doesn't matter. Like it's a super chill clinic. She brought in all these obstacles and the bridge and the gates and all the things. And so I was like, I'm going to round him a little bit first. I rode him the day before. I'm like, nothing crazy. Like, we're just going to go do this really fun. And I get to be a student of someone, you know, haven't got to do a clinic in so long. And I don't know anything about working in quotation. So I was like super excited. And it's a trainer I've known forever. And so it was interesting. So I stuck him in the round pen, just, you know, like here, like get your yayas out. Cause he's all, why is my arena got all this shit in it? You know? And I was like, oh, okay. And I know that's him. Because even when I have clinics here, this is what I was sort of texting you about earlier is his sensitivity level to people's energy and energy on the property is so off the hook and he's so expressive. And so I'm in the round pen and he is just like literally bronking and like kicking and just running and he's like tense. And I was like checking in with myself, like, is this, is it me? And I was like, I'm kind of okay with all of this. Like, I'm okay with him doing that. I'm okay with not knowing what we're doing. Like, I was like, no, I feel really good. And I realized, I think he was sort of picking up collectively. Like, that's sort of what he does. Like, as soon as the energy shifts on the property, he's like, ah, you know? And so, but of course I wanted to catch him because we were starting and I am the trainer that should be able to have their horse and be ready in the arena after I sent the text out to everyone, be on and ready by nine. And my horse is running laps in the round pen saddled. But like, so I'm like, okay, they're going to start. I turn out, look at him. He's like, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to catch you. <laughs> so I tried a couple times, you know, I'd stop and draw him in like, hey, like, we're just going to go get started. He was like, nope, too much. You want it too bad. Bye. And so I literally just had to drop all agenda and turn around. And Allie's laughing because she's the trainer. She's actually met him before out we went up to Truckee together and crossing bridges and everything he's just very like ah. and so she already knew and so she turned so that when she was talking to everyone I could also hear from the round pen. <laughs> and I just posted up on the round pen and listened to the whole introduction and when I turned around he was like okay we can go now but if it was a situation where it would have been there's no way right so I really had to just like come up with another plan. Okay. I'm going to listen to what she's saying from here and you do what you need to do. And, and then he was okay with it, but it's such a tricky thing, right? Cause we want so bad to do the things with our horses, especially even with the body work. We talked about that before where 
we want so bad to make them feel good. We want so bad to connect. We want so bad all these things. And it's like, we're human beings and they're really here to teach us how to be <laughs> so that they can actually connect with us without an agenda, which is so hard, but so relevant. <laughs> I know it is so hard. Even just yesterday, I had this really great session with one of my horses. I have been really taking the mindset with him of like, um, movement is medicine because like he does not, he's not extremely receptive to like static body work. Like it's just not a thing. Um, and so I'm like, well, if I think about it, like I don't go and get massages all the time or get work done on my body, but I do yoga and I work out and it feels so good on my body. So I'm like, it could totally be that way if we find the right things for you. So I've been taking that approach with them, had this really, really great session. But then of course, in my human mind is like, it's not enough. I'm going to try to do some body work on you. And so like, I get him into the barn aisle and I'm about to put him in a stall. And then I just want to like sneak a little thing. <laughs> and I grabbed like his halter and I went for his shoulder and he knew immediately and like tensed up. And like my little voice inside of me was like, <laughs> we're just going to do it. It's going to be fine. Like I just was like telling him it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then I'm to the point now where I'm getting so much better at listening to my horse instead. And he's like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, you're right. You don't have to do this. Like, is it going to kill me to let you go back into your stall? No. Like, why should I pick up your foot and stretch your shoulder if you really don't want to do that? And it's just so crazy how that actually is like a little internal battle like it is kind of hard to be to not be like come on this is good for you like I know what's best for you from the outside looking in you don't know your body I do because I'm a human and I have knowledge <laughs> and he's like get off of me you freak <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah because the more we learn the more we like want to do with them I feel like but yeah so so I talked to a horse um this week who it was like on a care lease or is on a care lease and she is battling like a chronic illness and um she was just super unhappy like she and I felt so bad and I could feel how bad the horse felt because this girl really is like wanting to connect with her she's doing the right things she's um you know she's just going out and and holding space for her and sitting with her but the horse is literally like, I can't sleep. I can't focus on you. I don't want to connect with you. Um, I want to go home. And I'm like, man, that's, that's so tough. And when we really got to the root of it, um, she was feeling responsible for um, wildlife because it, she was in a new environment. She didn't fully understand like the structures. And, you know, I know we talked on one of the podcasts that we, we had another horse like that, that was like feeling responsible for the orchards and the coyotes and stuff. And the girl said that um, she has a property that is directly next to hers that's like private hunting land. And they're always, they have basically like open season for coyotes and pigs and, you know, all the things. And so we had to spend some time um, talking to her and like releasing that responsibility from her. But I think it kind of, it, it was interesting to me because I guided her to do a little bit of the colors stuff, you know, and, and like show her the boundary and soften that. But I do think that there is a point where 
sometimes it's just not the right fit and the horse just might not be happy in their environment. Like the horse showed herself completely isolated all alone. And when the, then the person was like, well, she's with eight other horses, but she keeps herself isolated. And I'm like, that's not normal. And I just really feel like humans have created this. Well, you have, you have the extremes, right? Like you have some people who use horses as a business and they buy and sell them and they just, you know, go through the motions and they're part of a business. Or you have these like diehards that are like, you are with me and you're with me forever and you're stuck with me until the end of time. And it's hard to be that person in between. And I feel like it's really important to acknowledge like how the horse is feeling in the relationship and not feeling guilty if it's not the right fit for you, because I feel like there's so many things we tell ourselves. I'm so afraid to get rid of this horse and no one's going to take care of him the way I do and this and that. And that's just like our human mind feeling like, um, feeling like we failed, I think. And like sending a horse to a different home to try to make them happier or because you're not the right fit is like not a failure. You know what I mean? Like horses they their lesson for you might be in giving that up and learning that that is that's part of it and that's part of the process and what is your opinion like I mean I know you work with a, a training horses do you work with a lot of sale horses or did you in the past like people sending you horses to just get sold I have um I have done that just like a handful of times and I even say like, I feel like why I am now transitioning out of doing training horses is because typically they stay with me longer than like the normal 30, 60, 90 days. Cause if they're coming to me, there's like a lot of parts that need to get shifted and I get like kind of attached. And so it's hard for me because I kind of get to know them. And then I'm like, oh, I know you're going back to a place that is not here, which is not ideal. You're not going to get turned, you know? And so it, um, it just makes me like, not, <laughs> not want to put myself in that position again. Um, but we have had, you know, I've had a handful of horses that I've taken for people to sell. And I think what makes me feel okay about it is because I know that I'm only going to work with people. And if I owned the horse, I've done it twice. Um, is that I knew that I wasn't going to release them, sell them to someone who wasn't completely appropriate. Like I would have held on. So it would never have been a good business for me. I just ended up with these horses that I kind of knew that were misplaced that needed a new home. And I took and, you know, but I rested in the fact that I'm like, I can completely vet people. I know the questions to ask. So at least this part of their journey, I know I did everything I can to ensure you never know you know what I mean? Like you never know if this person go and is, ends up in a divorce or they get sick. Like they can save forever home, but like, you know what I mean? I can say that about my horses. I have no idea if one day something happens and, you know, and so you just sort of have to surrender and trust that the journey that they're on is their own journey. You know what I mean? And know that they're going to end up exactly where they need to end up. And their situation is going to be exactly what it needs to be for their soul on this, you know, on this little lifetime, but 
would I ever be good at <laughs> having a sale barn? Hell no, I would never make any money. <laughs> I would completely lose money because I would hold on to them for so long until the right person showed up. <laughs> mm. I know. And actually, this is making me think of one of my clients who had this horse um, for years, I think like 10 years and like went up the levels in dressage with him. And then, you know, she kind of got a couple of young horses and she felt like he just had so much to offer. And he was kind of like that too. Like he was like, I love teaching. I love having, I love being like number one. I want to be someone's only horse. And she recognized that in him. And it's, it is hard for someone to like come to terms with that, that like, that like you as a horse have outgrown, like we've outgrown each other or like, this is just, you know, like I can't give you what you need, but she did. She held on to him for like, I mean, this is like a super nice horse, like gold through the levels, like very talented. Um, she was asking a reasonable price for him. His like, he checked out on all the vet stuff and she just turned down so many people. And like, he turned down so many people. Um, and it, it was actually really cool because I met this clinician and I got the opportunity to work with a clinician like two years after she was going to sell him. And then we had an animal communication session and I was like, you know what, this clinician has this client and he went to her client and I'm like, it's, it's cool how like the networking and the things that kind of go into transitioning them doesn't have to be like this fast process but another thing that I see though on like the opposite end of the spectrum that really to be honest makes me really sad is when a person gets a horse and they start meeting resistance and the trainer doesn't know how to help the person through it and I hear like I talked to someone just the other day who's had this horse for like years and they're meeting resistance with her and she's like, I'm freaking out. Can we do a session? My trainer just wants me to sell her. She wants me to sell her. She wants me to sell her. And I don't know what to do. Or like, I just bought this horse and now I'm having this issue and I just need to sell them. Like I can't deal with it. And I feel like, well, I don't know about you, but I have been there before with the lack of knowledge um, and feeling like I'm not the right fit for the horse and kind of panicking about it. Like I did it with Biggie. And luckily I, I have my friend Donna, who's like, calm the fuck down. Like you, he just needs time. Like you changed everything about his life. Calm down. But sometimes when you're so stuck in that, um, it's crazy to me how quick people will go from, I would do anything for them to like giving up. Like there's, there's a distinct difference between like, we just don't get along. My horse doesn't like this to like, I don't know, you know, like to not wanting to dive into it and figure out like why this is happening and what's going on. And it's probably the person's belief systems, right. And like their blocks that make them not even be able to see that there's a way out. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes into like your ego becomes involved. And if it's about how do you feel about what's going on? I feel like I'm failing you know, it's making me feel like I'm a bad writer. It's making me feel like guilty that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm existing in this horse's life and I'm doing everything wrong. So it's an opportunity and it's an invitation. I mean, any point of resistance that you hit, whether it's a horse saying, uh, I, I feel like I belong somewhere else, or you're just meeting resistance and being challenged in a different way. I feel like it's all an opportunity for you to like, get really present to, am I being, is there something within me being triggered about this situation? 
that I need to be able to learn and grow from and, you know, get that lesson from whether it's releasing attachment or if it's, you know, um, just a little bit more self-acceptance of like where you're at, or it's an invitation to like dive deeper into like a different trainer or a different, you know, type of, you know, whether it's positive reinforcement or, you know what I mean? It's all invitation, you know, when you're feeling those really strong emotions and all of that, like to sit with it instead of I'm out, you know, it's like somebody dating a lot of people and they go on a first date and they're like, oh, well, there's this red flag. So, you know, or, or there's this, you know, ultimately these are opportunities. And if you keep getting rid of the opportunities, they're not going to stop coming. They're just going to get bigger. (laughs) And so you might as well for anyone listening that might feel like this is something that's happening. As far as a pattern goes, I feel like for the people I've only ever in my entire career, and I've been training since professionally since I was 2003-2004 I've only told one person like this horse is not the horse for you mostly because it was a rescue and it was super dangerous she didn't have the money or the time or the expertise to put into it and it was like an actual situation where like I can't even let you leave this horse around I think it's going to kill you <laughs> you know and so I think part of it too is not feeling guilty if you recognize There's a lot of challenges going on with this horse. Financially, I don't have the money to put into the training and it's not a situation that's safe. There's no feeling bad about recognizing, you know, there isn't anything I can do right now in this moment. And it's, I'm not setting the horse up for success. So maybe finding someone that can, it's like a different scenario. But if it's like, I have all these, you know, I have resources. I just don't know what to do. I'm just frustrated and annoyed and I don't want to deal with it, you know, or it's making me feel a certain way. It's not making me feel good. So I'm just going to, you know, off it or like two different situations, you know, kind of like what you're talking about. So I feel like this is kind of your lane and I'm thinking about like what I've done with my own horse. And so specifically for someone who, um, let's say it's like the middleman. So they have some resources and they, they want to, they kind of have to have realistic expectations, but they also are willing to put in the time. Right. So it's not like they just, they, they recognize that there's an issue, but they want to try a little bit harder. Where do they start with? Cause I know what you're going to say. It's a daily practice. And I hundred percent like, am I agree. So where do they start in the daily practice though? Is it gratitude? Is it in their body? Like, what does it look like? I feel like if you have something that is making you feel away, the best thing is to find what feels good. Like meditation to me is just whatever you can do to get yourself present in your body, whether it's like taking a walk or driving, or for me, it's really driving. Like I, I feel like I get multiple opportunities because with each horse, I ha- I set the intention to sit, check in. Um, but meditation to me, I just had this conversation yesterday, is really what, what activity can you do that gets you present in your body? And then you bring in with you into that the intention of wanting to understand why you're feeling a certain way, whether it's like frustration or if it's fear or if it's, you know, whatever resistance you're hitting with that particular horse you bring it in with the intention of I would like to get some clarity around this um 
and just having it be on the forefront of your mind in a way where you're curious versus like resistant to it and trying to get rid of it and trying to fix it, uh, bring, being curious about what messages, what lessons that it might have most of the time, because this is like the whole first section of the master classes, there are patterns in relationship that are going to be very clear in relationship with family, friends, you know, coworkers, whatever, but we'll be more present with your animals just because those are the relationships where I feel like they don't necessarily look at you and tell you, but they're going to show you. <laughs> and the horses are so big that when they show you, then most of the time we listen because we don't want to die or get hurt. So I feel like it's like becoming aware of the fact that this is coming up for a reason. And is there a way I can become curious about it instead of wanting to push against it and fight it and fix it because it's broken? It's like, why is this coming up? Why am I feeling frustrated? You know what I mean? And um, and then there's obviously processes to dive deeper, but I just think it's like becoming curious and not being so shut down to another option outside of, I mean, even with the horse, and I think about it now that I said, you should probably get rid of this horse because, um, and she actually could just give it back to the rescue. So it was a really easy transition for her. It was like, not then, cause I was nowhere near this, but I look at, you know, what is the lesson in that? It's like being okay with releasing, you know, this expectation that you had about, I'm going to rescue this horse and I'm going to put it in training with you for like two weeks and you're going to fix all of its problems. No, I was just like, that's just not going to happen. There is no way around it. Like I am not going to be able to fix this horse for you in two weeks. Like it's just not going to happen. So for her, even within that, it was like releasing the expectation and being okay with that and working. There's like so many lessons in every single situation you're going to have. If you're open enough to being curious about it and seeing it for what it is, instead of, you know, being like, what's the magic solution or just get rid of it. It's like, um, there's a lot of like yummy stuff in there. And then really like looking at what the lesson is and then claiming the virtues that you got from it. Like, does it mean you can be more, and I, uh, I want to say detached, but not in a way that's like not connected, like unattached to like, yeah, like, like, I don't need you to be in my life to be okay, but it's like, I would like it, but like, I want to be curious about what actually is going on right now for me and for you. Um, but really claiming the lessons, right? Like for them, she really learned to let go and then I'm going to be okay. If it doesn't work out, like I, you know, I can be resilient, you know, I can be open. I can be, you know, less attached. I can, there's just so many things that claim by claiming the lessons. Once you get curious and you go, Oh, I see what this is sort of teaching me, you know? Um, and then really claiming, Oh, okay, good. Got it. Check. Like, I'm going to let that integrate into my decisions moving forward versus like, just sell the horse, get a new one, get one that's shinier and better and easier. You know, it's like, it's just gonna, the lesson is going to continue. That's why we're, our souls are here. So good luck with just getting rid of them. <laughs> I know. I was just telling someone the other day, like, cause she was looking at a horse and I was like, are you looking at the horse because he's doing all of these things, you know, like, cause she was like, oh, I just, you know, he does trails and he goes over tarps and he does this and he does X and Y and Z. And I'm like, well, do you like him for the other things that you see, like for who he is and how his energy feels? Because your experience and your life lessons are different than the person who's currently training him and your training method is going to be different. And for all, you know, this horse could be shut down or he could have different lessons for you. And I think that's like so important to recognize because 
when people buy horses, they see, and I, I deal with this. I know you deal with it as a trainer and I deal with it a little bit differently from an animal communication perspective because, um, people rely so heavily on what past owners have said about the horse. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, Oh, he has a bucking issue or, Oh, he's excellent at X, Y, and Z, but then they come into their experience and you're met with a whole slew of things. And it's kind of like, we forget that the past is essentially like irrelevant for these horses. And yeah, they've had these past experiences and certain triggers can come up, but when they enter into your experience, it's like a whole new set of lessons and energy and stuff that they're dealing with. So yeah, like, yeah. And you know, and and you know what is too, is that the people that find the horses that are real broke um, and good at all the things in the sale videos are amazing. And like, and then they get the horse and they're really dipping into like the more conscious horsemanship where they're listening and they're, they're, you know, they're patient and they want to see the horse for what they are. Then all of a sudden, all of the things that the horse has not been able to express before start to come out. And then they look at it and go, I can't tell you how many times this has happened because I think my clientele are people who want that piece, right? The relationship piece. And so they get these horses and then they're like, this is not the horse that I tried out. It's not the horse that I saw the video of. Like this horse is anxious. It's all over the place. All these things are happening. Like, I think I've done something wrong. And I'm like, no, you feel safe to them. So now they're going to (laughs) tell you all the things that they couldn't tell people before. And the gift in that is that you learn how to hold space and you learn how to like deeply connect in that way. But that is, I think, a, a thing that confuses people when you get a horse that's shut down and then you're practicing more of a conscious like way of being with them, like the stuff comes out and it's not who they are. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of, can I hold the space for this stuff to be seen and heard and witnessed? And then all of a sudden you get the horse that has a personality where they may have been a very good horse and done all the things, but they were like a robot. Well, if you're practicing in that like conscious horsemanship realm, you don't want a robot. You want a horse that has personality. You know, you want to like have the horse that's like cute and nibbling on you and like, you know, interacting with you. And so it's, it's interesting to watch that because I've just seen it so many times and people immediately go to, oh my gosh, either they were drugged or, you know, they were just misrepresented or, you know, and it was like, no, like you're just safe. So buckle up. (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. I feel like that's like 60% of my communication sessions. It's just like explaining to people because usually what people are like is like some sort of abuse had to have happened to this horse in order to make him be this way. And I'm like, oh no, a lot of times it's not. A lot of times I'm like, I don't really see abuse or if there is, maybe I'm just, you know, and I'm coming to that realization because if I ask a horse a certain question about the past, and I was thinking about this the other day, If I ask a horse, like a very deliberate question about the past that someone can validate for me, I can get the hair color of the person, um, what the farm looks like, all that stuff. But then I I used to think that I wasn't good at picking up the past because I could never get the trauma. But now I'm like, well, it's probably not that there was, it probably wasn't trauma. And that's why I couldn't pick it up. It's not that I suck at like, you know, like (laughs) I would tell my clients like, oh, I'll try to get stuff from the past, but I kind of suck. Like, I can't really pick it up. I don't know what's going on with me. I, I think I'm just like a here in the now person. But then I realized I get 
clear, like I can see what the horses looked like in the, you know, the stuff that was important to them, but there's not necessarily trauma. There's just different lessons. And exactly like you said, like you're just a different person with a different perspective and all of those emotions are coming out. And yeah, I can count. I can't like count the amount of sessions I've had where people are like, what was this abuse? And then if anyone sees a scar too, they, they're like, what happened to him? Like he had to have gone through like a major trauma to get these scars. And then, you know, I, I can usually pick up on stuff. Like if it's scars or like, you know, I'm like in tune with the body. And so, uh, the horse will be like, yeah, I stepped in a bucket. It was like a bad step. It was weird. You know, like it's never, I mean, sometimes it's a, a sometimes it is really bad, but more often than not, they're like, yeah, kind of got my blanket hung on a gate and got stuck. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like I look at my mare, even Smarty, I've had both of them. I've had her since she was with her mama and Smarty. I have had since he was a year old and really he was untouched before me. He was just a little stallion out with a bunch of broodmares, like, you know, telling what to do and how to be. And so they're quirky though. Like, you know, you move too fast around Clover and she's like, you know, and it's like, she's always been that way. She's never been hit. You know what I mean? Sometimes the fly spray, if she doesn't know it's coming, she acts like you're literally like beating her. That horse could have ended up in any home anywhere. And someone could have very easily assumed, wow, someone must've been really rough with her. And I'm like, no, no one's ever been rough with her. She's literally lived the most like She's definitely super green. I never pushed her because she's always the last because she's so good. She just like, that's who she is. And then when we always talk about like the generational stuff, the inherited stuff, her mama was pushed really hard and shown really hard. So I, I, I can see how her, the way that she is, was passed down. You know, her little nervous system is a little bit more like Ooh, zingy and she's quirky, but it's definitely not anything that's actually happened to her. I know that for a hundred percent, you know what I mean? So it is interesting to see like the assumptions people could make about like what was, and then they hold on to that story. And then there's like this energy of, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for you. And we both talked about horses don't even understand that. They're like, what is this weird thing that this human's sharing with me? <laughs> like, you can you not, you know? Um, so we have to be really careful about living in the past. Tell me what happened you know, versus what, what's happening right now, right now, the horse is safe right now. I know I'm doing the best to my highest and best good to take care of his horse physically, energetically. And maybe I'm not right on the money yet, but you know, like trusting the process and not being so stressed out and worried about it and holding this, my horse is abused and it needs to be, you know, taken extra care of or whatever. When it's like that horse, I know for sure she's mine. You could easily say something had happened to her you know, and a hundred percent did not. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so, and, or it can be something small that shakes up their nervous system. Like I'm thinking of one of my dogs who, um, was out in the barn with me during a storm one day and she was in the, um, she was in the tack room and I had her in a, like a little dog bed with a blanket over her. And like, I was just doing stalls. It wasn't that, I mean, the storm was like loud on the tin roof. But ever since then, she is completely scared of storms, scared of loud noises, scared if you raise your voice, like it really shook her to her core. And that's actually, that was my um, inspiration for the colors class, a big part of it, um, because I have slowly been able to get her through that through like communicating with color. Mm -hmm. And so, but 
but it could be something small like that, that just like, you don't challenge your nervous system after that. And then your nervous system immediately defaults to that. And that that's just what it is. And so I think this conversation is like a really powerful one to have because a lot of us, we almost want to have that story to give our animals an excuse to be the way they are and not necessarily work through what we are currently bringing to the table. Oh, well, it can't be me. Something happened to them in the past and this is why they're this way. And maybe on a subconscious level, we're kind of like, you know, like I don't have to change anything because this is how they are. And I just have to figure out, you know, they have to figure out how to meet me where I am. That is like what our unconscious brain is saying. Um, and I'm learning this so much through Biggie where I'm like, get out of the past, man. Like it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with your tight body and your mentality of needing him to connect with you right now in this current moment. He already forgot that he was starved. Can you quit telling that story about him? (laughs) Yeah. And then you start to look at, you know, why, why would I want to hold on to that story? What need is it serving me to have a horse which this always kind of it messes with people's heads a little bit when, when someone says that, like what with, especially with uh, separation anxiety, you know, why do you need your horse to need you? And people are like, Whoa, excuse me. And it's like, I mean, there is a level of codependency. The energy is existing there. If that's happening, I'm not saying it's all coming from you. Maybe it's an experience that they're having, but if you're going to support them through that, you really have to look at there is this mirroring. There is this reason why you guys have been paired up on this lifetime. What is it? You know, is there something, you know, that it's meeting your needs? The horses, I don't want to get in trouble for this one, but I feel like when I talk to people and their horses are chronically lame or they keep getting injured or they're, there's all these like things that they're constantly having to caretake. I can ask like, what do you do for a living? And it's almost always, I'm a body worker. I'm a nurse. I'm a trauma. You know, it's like, it's almost like you can see the pattern of the people, the owners that are caretakers of in their regular everyday life. They end up with these horses that need caretaking. And I'm like, are you creating that also in this space? Like, because it's interesting. (laughs) And always when I ask that, they're like, oh, well, I make plenty of money. to." No, I'm like, no, there's nothing to do with that. We're talking about like why either is this being called in, you know, into your space or, you know, are you creating something, holding the energy of that and it's manifesting, you know, for you to kind of look at and release maybe. So I just think that's just fascinating. That whole thing fascinates me. I can definitely second that just from an animal communication perspective and like horses will say all animals, um, will be like, you need to take care of your own energy. Like you're always giving to others. And by the time you're here with me, I can feel that you've given that energy away. Um, or like, and you've helped me with this because I have been a little people pleaser um, for a while. And also just like, you know, as, as I've talked about explicitly, just kind of trying to break my identity away from my horses and not feel so responsible for the way that they feel. And like, they're just allowing them to have that experience separate than me, which is like, damn, it's like easier said than done. Um, but I do get that a lot where horses are like, you know, and we know about this through law of attraction. Like if you don't help yourself. We're fully having an earthquake right now. I was wondering why it's so shaky right there. It's still going. I thought you were just like hitting the beak. No, I was like, 
happening right now and I was like oh it's still going I can feel it wild welcome to California I can see it in your plant it's always oh, such a, wow. a good episode we're shaking the world <laughs> yeah I was all this is groundbreaking shit this is crown shaking episode <laughs> do the horses notice it like I mean like do they do anything I mean, I think no. Like, I'm watching some lady who's riding around bareback. She probably has no idea that that just went down. <laughs> but I've been in the barn when we've had, like, a really kind of a bigger one where it was, like, really rolly. And the horses are all just kind of like, no, no, they don't, like, freak out or anything. Maybe because they're used to it. They probably feel them all the time when we don't. <laughs> well, and that's what's interesting, too, is, like, that's, like, with anything, storms, you know, people bringing their, like, we're always talking about, oh, good thing I brought the horses in. But, like, if we did leave them out, like, they're just so, like, go with the flow when it comes to nature and, um, and all that stuff. But, yeah, I can't even remember what I was talking about before. Um, before that. Your, your identity. <laughs> your identity and your horses and. Oh, yeah. That thing. That old girl again. <laughs> Am I talking about that still? <laughs> That thing's following me around from episode to episode, but yeah, that's maybe that's why the universe shook it. It's like, okay, we're telling a new story now. Like you already disidentified. Can we like <laughs> talk about something new? Yeah. And it's so good because you talk about like, even I feel like there was moments when I first met you where it was like the resistance, resistance of like people coming to you about like, but being skeptical and you're like, I don't even want to deal with that. You know what I mean? It was like, like, uh, I hate that. Like, don't make me, you know, and, and now the energy, and I don't even know if you have people like that show up anymore because maybe you don't need to, but it feels like I was saying on the podcast we just did before this, where it's like, when you don't need those lessons, like some, they just seemingly disappear, you know, like, I don't feel the need to like say, this is what I do. Let me prove it. And you're feeling, you feel like, like you're in a space where you've transitioned from these people are showing up skeptical and challenging me in these, where it's like, now you're like, oh, whatever. Like, no, I don't need to prove myself. And this is what I do. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, whatever. So to not have a lot of that pushback because you don't need it. You know what I mean? You don't need the lesson. You don't need to prove yourself anymore because you're in your power with it. So it's like, this is just who I am and what I do. So <laughs> yeah. And that's like, a, yeah, that, that was a big shift for me. And I feel like that's like such a good, like way to leave this episode too, is like who this is who I am. Cause we, you know, on this, the episode that we just recorded, how we were talking about, like, it's hard to be the weirdo at the barn. It's mm -hmm. so important to just come to that realization of like, this is who I am. This is what I do with my horses. Take it or leave it. Like, I don't really care. This is my own experience. Like, I'm not comparing it. And that is ultimately like, I feel like when you come to that, like, this is who I am outside of my horse. This is who I am with my horse. Then that connection can build from that strong foundation. Mm -hmm. I really worked my way backwards with that, but <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> just on time right on time to start a podcast <laughs> that was good I feel like are we good are we done yeah that was fun ah, perfect a little shaky shaky in between that was perfect um so thank you guys for joining us uh we just actually recorded 
a guest podcast with Michelle Mix talking about all kinds of fun things, cyber scan and you know nutrition and energetic work and so many fun things. So if you guys would like access to those podcasts before everyone else, you can join us in the tea house. We'll put a link in the show notes and Shaylee's got a couple of little evergreen courses that are happening. So you should go and check out her website where they are all listed and yeah, that's it. So thank you guys for joining us. See ya.